Hey everybody, Saul Marquez here with the Outcomes Rocket. Are you going to health? That's H-L-T-H. It's the largest and most important conference for health innovation. H-L-T-H, pronounced health, is a one-of-a-kind ecosystem event for the health industry. And they're on a mission to bring together 5,000 plus senior leaders to solve the most pressing problems facing healthcare today and actualize the most promising opportunities to improve health. They bring together senior leaders from across, across payers, providers, employers, investors, fast-growing startups, pharma, policymakers, and innovation centers to ask one question. How do we create the future of health? I'll be there, and I hope to see you there too. If you use Outcomes Rocket Podcast 150 as the promo code, that's Outcomes Rocket Podcast 150, you'll get $150 off your ticket. Looking forward to seeing you there. Go to hlth.com to sign up. That's hlth.com to sign up. Use that promo code, Outcomes Rocket Podcast 150. And I am excited to see you there. I'll even have a booth recording some podcasts live at the event, the MGM in Las Vegas. So, so excited to see you there. If you do sign up, don't be afraid to say hi. And uh, we're going to learn a lot there. So go ahead and sign up, hlth.com. Welcome back to the podcast. Today I have the privilege of hosting Shelly Argabright. She's the chief health strategist at the Garrett County Health Department in Maryland. She leads organizational strategy, oversees the design, build, and launch of digital applications, and leads diverse teams of partners to create local data-informed vision by meaningfully and transparently engaging residents. The award-winning dynamic digital application found at mygarrettcounty.com, co-created by her and the team she leads, ensures the community vision becomes actionable and is the basis for a comprehensive and responsive community health improvement plan. Her team also developed the Universal Community Planning Tool, sponsored by the Public Health National Centers for Innovation. Thanks to her and her team, this work is being replicated nationwide. Shelley also serves as the Accreditation Coordinator and Performance Improvement Director. She received her Bachelor of Arts degree from Community Health and a Master of Arts degree in Wellness Management and Gerontology from Ball State University. We're going to be diving through some of her thoughts on digital innovation, improving outcomes at the community level. And I'm so excited to have Shelley on the podcast here. Shelley, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here. So Shelley, uh, tell me, what is it that got you into healthcare? Well, I've always been interested in uh, pursuing my own health, and um, I pretty much just fell in love with the service orientation of public health. Love it. And so it, it really is, is, is different, right? I mean, what you do in public health compared to a provider or you know, an industry player is, is, is really unique and, and I feel like entrepreneurial. I think it can be. I mean, we certainly focus on the health of populations uh, instead of individualized approaches, but it's really important, I think, to, um, for us in public health to make sure we kind of drill down and really get to the heart of the community that we're serving. And that does involve actually working with individualized people. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. So in the realm of public health, Shelley, what would you say is the thing that needs to be front and center for health leaders listening to this podcast today? I would say to explore open source. And I'll just say it again in case someone missed it. <laughs> explore open source. Uh, it's actually incredible. Uh, and we all need to be thinking about the ways that we can utilize and collaborate with projects like um, open source projects. Uh, we have incredible challenges that we're all facing. Uh, and if someone has already figured out an approach that works, um, I feel like we should share that and we should use our precious time to focus on unresolved challenges. So Shelly, tell me a little bit more about open source. And, you know, on the one hand, there's the open source coding where you could go on GitHub and download code and get things done there. And on the other hand, there's open source, such as like the outcomes rocket, where you could listen in on, on other health leaders, improving outcomes. Which one are you referring to? So, um, I, th I think just in general, um, this notion of kind of opening up processes mm -hmm. uh, is really important for growth and for uh, collaboration. Um, but specifically, the example that I would like to share from, from our local health department is the way that we've been able to utilize the open source framework um, to actually address a specific issue in our community. So if you'd like me to share a little bit more about that now, I can. Yeah. Um, we have basically our, our health improvement work and our community solutions type work. Um, when I first started at the health department, we had about 150 people involved in out of a population size of 29,000 approximately. And so that was certainly a challenge that we had to address. And I know that many agencies and organizations struggle to really meaningfully engage with their community in processes and plans. Mm -hmm. uh, and our local health department was certainly no exception. So when we thought about ways to do that, uh, our answer was to just open up. It was to open up the process. It was, um, it was kind of designed to, think about how we can create pathways and overcome challenges with people participating. And certainly creating a digital pathway was one of those options. Um, and when we really started looking for software and different things that were available on the market, um, we just really didn't have the budget uh, to be able to kind of buy and then maintain some of that software. And then it didn't actually address all the issues that we wanted to kind of focus on. So it was either a dashboard or it was just pieces and kind of parts of what we actually felt we needed. So we were able to essentially just create our own internally. And um, through grant funding, uh, through the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, we've been able to share that and make a portion of that um, platform open source so that other communities don't have to reinvent reinvent the wheel and that they can use the same platform um, that we've had success with in our community. Love it. That's so great. And yeah, I mean, software could get really expensive and, you know, like you said, it, it ends up being just fragments of, of technology that solve for little things here and there. So you guys piece this together and now are offering it to other 
uh, communities and it's being used nationwide now, right? It is. Uh, that's probably that's one of the cool. most, ex yeah, it is really exciting. <laughs> uh, we were able to do um, a replication pilot through mm -hmm. the Public Health National Centers for Innovation. And um, we are replicating in DC, um, Clackamas County, Oregon, Montana, Flathead, Montana, uh, Allegheny County, and uh, Medina County in Ohio, those were the first kind of uh, replication sites through that grant funding. And since then, um, now that that cycle is over, we have installations popping up all over. We're working with Cecil County in Maryland. We're working with Richmond. Um, we're working with Rhode Island. So it's been a really exciting journey. That's awesome. Well, kudos to you and your team for being innovative and, 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 and putting it out there, explore open source folks. It's uh, and whether it be something that you've created that you could offer to a community or somebody, something that somebody else has created, explore it because there's definitely an opportunity to scale there. And, and so as you, as you and your team have done some great work, what would you say is, maybe in a time when you had a setback during the process and, and what you learned from that setback? Those are great. That's a great question. Uh, there are many setbacks. And so I think anytime you're innovating or trying something new, um, there's all kinds of failures. And I think that that's actually what helps us improve and grow. Um, but I think probably our biggest mistake throughout this process is um, our failure to see and kind of plan for growth. Mm -hmm. uh, because when we created the process, we had no intention. Um, we didn't even know if it was going to work, to be quite honest, in yeah. our own community. So we really didn't intend for it to, um, to grow the way that it did. And um, so we didn't really have the infrastructure in place uh, as far as personnel and um, just just the optimization that needed to happen for the actual site um, to maintain the amount of people. So um, we, we really had some growing pains and we used a lot of resources just to kind of keep it running uh, rather than um, forecasting and being able to grow with a little less pain, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so I would, and we do currently, um, encourage our communities to think through that process and um you know give them a heads up that we didn't have so <laughs> i hope we're passing it along in a positive way i love that yeah and you know at the same time i mean you don't know what you don't know right and there you guys had no idea this thing was going to take off like it did mm -hmm. so you know i guess thinking through it's, it's definitely a, a good practice to, to think ahead, scaling, what are you going to do? I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a great tip for, for everybody listening. Um, how about one of the proudest uh, experiences that you've had to date? What would you say that is? That's a tough one. Um, but I would say just empowering community members, seeing champions come forward um, in our own community, especially uh, we have several nonprofits and volunteer agencies that have really um, embraced the planning tool in a way that we would have never anticipated. Um, <clears throat> and so watching them track literacy rates, for example, in the Little Appalachian community is 
pretty incredible and it's all volunteer based. Um, and then also working with some of our communities nationwide. Um, I have a volunteer who reached out to me after she heard a webinar. Uh, she's not associated with any organization and she said, I would like to try to do this uh, in my town. I have some outcomes I'm trying to address with a group of people. Is it something that I can do as a volunteer? And I'm like, why not? <laughs> so um, we were able to get her up and running and she has been working pretty diligently in her community to work with the agencies that are established and build some collaboration around this. But uh, that's one of the been the, one of the most exciting because um, we were hoping that anyone could do this as part of our mission as far as just improving equity and mm -hmm. all that equity can mean and um, I think that making sure that anyone that anyone can have access and then um, helping them build the capacity to do something like this um, is definitely rewarding and I think probably my proudest moment so far love that yeah I mean if you got people walking up calling emailing saying how can I do this for free that tells you something, right? I mean, that tells you you've created something of value uh, where somebody else wants to replicate it. Yes. No, that's great. And, and, and so you guys are making a huge difference. You're, you're adding different communities to the platform. You're finding ways to scale better and educating you know, the users. What would you say is the most exciting focus area that you guys are working on today? Um, well, I have an incredible team behind me. You read a lot about the team in my bio when we started. And mm -hmm. obviously these things um, aren't just because of one person. Right. <laughs> so I have an incredible, incredible team. And um, I think the most exciting thing is that we actually are um, have our own WordPress plugin now. Um, mm. So that is a new venture and something we're, we've worked very hard uh, to accomplish. So that's exciting. And then obviously the replication piece, uh, just continuing to build that and making sure that this tool is accessible for the largest of communities and uh, even health systems and large public health agencies, um, but also, like I mentioned, volunteer groups and people that don't have maybe that infrastructure built, um, that we maintain the ability to be able to work with them. So tell me a little bit more about the WordPress plugin. What does it do? So um, it's exciting for us because it, it basically makes this work a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. uh, right now, the, all the codes on GitHub, uh, as you mentioned, mm -hmm. but <clears throat> sometimes that's becomes a little bit difficult. Uh, we do have an installation guide uh, that communities have been using, but the WordPress plugin is, is just more seamless. It just creates even more equity because more people can use it a little bit easier. Got it. Got and it. obviously it is supported. Um, and so anytime we make any updates or changes, it's automatically supported and it's just a smoother transition for people. And, um, and that's what we're about. So uh, I love this. And, and again, you know, back to your uh, comment about using open source. Uh, if you guys haven't really had a chance to work with work, WordPress and the plugins, it's really these widgets on the back end of, of, of WordPress, which is a platform, um, kind of like Wix, uh, different, they got different ones, but you, you use it and it just seamlessly 
gives you what you need that a provider offers. Um, and, and I imagine your team's doing updates through that. And so none of that stuff has to be done manually by the users anymore, right? That's exactly right. Uh, and so, again, we all only have a certain amount of energy and focus, and it really creates more space to be able to work on other challenges and do other things. So the more automatic we can become and um, stay within this um, within this kind of body of work that is constantly being evaluated and people are adding to and making improvements, um, I just think that there's no other way to do it. It just makes the most sense. Love it. And, 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 for, the, and for the folks not familiar with it, and I would include myself in that group right now, it, you know, what, what functionality does, does, does your software give the user? What, what are they able to, to collect or do? Well, I, th I think the, so the Garrett County planning tool um, is a multifaceted, extremely dynamic um, piece of software. And um, we say that we help communities create vision. So how do you do that? And um, I think that one of the biggest keys is to really empower the community community organically so anyone can go on and they can create this action group about any topic that they choose um, other people can join that group and they can design a strategy and then measure that strategy and so um, we have right now in in garrett county about 170 different action groups at all kinds of levels. Mm -hmm. And there are a um, multitude of collaborators working on different projects. Um, some of them are directly based on outcomes data that we're trying to improve. Um, others are really grassroots kind of efforts trying to get people to think about different things. Um, it's a great way to address gaps. Uh, so you have maybe a community and a small community in a different a different part of the county that's interested in something and no one else has really done that or is working on that or they're trying to find funding so it's just a really neat way to be able to tackle a lot of different things um, mm -hmm. but I think one of the keys is tracking your success tracking mm -hmm. the work that you're doing and in the action groups um, our communities are able to really we call it hyper local data so whatever strategy they choose if it's a small program a lot of them are tracking that on a monthly basis and mm -hmm. that helps us be extremely responsive if something isn't working or we need to change something um, it's a whole lot better than waiting for a few years for state or county level data to come out uh, and then figuring out well what worked and what didn't and so it really has transformed the way that we're able to look at our planning and address the issues. And it helps build transparency because it's all there for anyone to see. And, um, and it has built a lot of trust in our community. Mm -hmm. We have over 2,000 people in this little tiny Appalachian community uh, involved in processes. And a few years ago before the planning tool, remember I had said only 150 people even knew we were doing anything like this. Mm -hmm. So it's an incredible change and um, we still have a lot of work to do, but I think those are the, the main keys. And then of course, um, we're, we're linked with Maryland's open data portal. So again, it goes back to access and 
who has the data and what does the data say? <laughs> and so um, it's putting all the data sources we can find into one location uh, that helps us with trying to, um, when we think about funding, uh, writing grants, uh, it helps us to identify the kind of baseline data that we need. So um, it, that's just been really tremendous. And then it builds capacity within the community because in the planning tool, we have some data visualizations. Um, you can turn fields on and off and it really helps people become more comfortable with how they can use data and what the data is actually showing them. Love it. No, that's brilliant. I appreciate you explaining that a little bit uh, in more detail. Uh, and gosh, I mean, having to wait years versus having month level data, it, it, you know, it really can inform a strategy's effectiveness. And uh, I think that's, that's great. So kudos to you and your team for, for making that available. Thanks. I do want to just mention too that we certainly still use all of the um, the federal data sets and anything that's available. Um, and the hyperlocal data doesn't take the place of that. It simply creates um, just a, a more dynamic picture. Love it. Love it. Yep. No, worth uh, worth mentioning for sure. Uh, <laughs> and so, uh, fantastic work, uh, folks. Uh, we'll we'll leave a link here in the show notes for you to check out the WordPress Press plugin as well as the tool on the website. Uh, so, um, getting here to the lightning round, got a couple questions for you, Shelley, and uh, then we'll follow that with a book you recommend to the listeners. You ready? Mm-hmm. All right. What's the best way to improve healthcare outcomes? Well, I would have to stay have to say that you should install the Garrett County planning tool in your area. <laughs> um, no, honestly, I think that um, that is something that we're all striving to do. And um, it takes a multitude of different things. And it's not just one thing. But I would think working with our communities building trust, trying to engage organically um, and address your community's main concerns. And then being able to track that is really, really important because we have to know if what we're doing is actually working and then how to do more of that or how to change that. And so I think the responsiveness to what we're actually doing um, as it's kind of mirrored up with what we want to do uh, needs to be a little bit closer um, so that we can reach um, improved health outcomes. What would you say is the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid? Um, I would say just keep doing the thing, things that you're doing the same way, right? Um, so don't change, maintain your silos, keep reinventing the wheel and paying people excessive amounts to do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we just need to stop, stop doing that. And um, I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> right. Just completely remove all of those things and, and I allow, um, allow people to innovate. It's awesome. Uh, how do you stay relevant despite constant change? I think you need to invest in your people. Um, and I keep saying it, but it's just creating this culture of, um, of innovation, 
you know, making sure that you are um, investing in the people that you have and allowing, allowing some mistakes to happen, allowing different failures, knowing that um, you're hoping it's going to produce something that, that's extremely valuable in the What's, long run. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good one. Investing in, in your people is huge. Uh, and, and what's an area of focus that drives everything in your work today? I would say just continuing to create those pathways I spoke about earlier. Um, anytime we can remove obstacles or barriers for people to meaningfully engage and be a part of their community and a part of something larger than themselves to create purpose um, is, I think, a tremendous value. Um, and it's something that every community needs every person needs and um, I think it's it's our job to continue thinking about ways we can do that and these next two are more on a personal note for the listeners to get to know you what's your number one health habit so this is kind of broad but I would say mm -hmm. that I absolutely need to take time out for myself and um, whatever I choose to do with that time out keeps me balanced and healthy. Love it. And is it weekly? Is it, is it daily? Uh, it's, uh, probably it needs to be daily, but it's probably every few, every few days. <laughs> gotcha. No, that's good. That's key. Uh, and, and, uh, what would you say your number one success habit is? It's the same thing. <laughs> so if I get totally stressed out, it's, uh, it's time to take a knee and uh, figure out just finding that time to um, really listen to my own body, my mind, time out um, for that solitude, whether it's a little yoga, a run, doing yeah. some hobbies I like, um, just making sure that that time is there so that I'm refreshed. It. I love it. Yeah. You know, this morning I was feeling kind of like, I don't know, I just wasn't feeling 100%. So I went for a bike ride, I got a little path by my house and I came back jazzed up. I was ready. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> so yes, yeah. I agree. I love that habit. That's mm -hmm. a great one. Um, what book would you recommend to the listeners? So um, one that's really relevant to what we talked about today is mm -hmm. called Coders by hmm. Clive Thompson. Uh, I think it was, it's out last year, but it's an interesting read. It kind of um, presents a lot of different topics about software and asks some questions that we all need to be thinking about and kind of peeks into the culture of coders and development. So it's pretty interesting. Love that. Yeah. So if you're working with a coding organization, maybe it's not your forte. It's sort of like a is it like an anthropology better yes. understand the better understand the coder culture? Absolutely. Uh, it's, cool. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. Great recommendation. Folks, you know where to find all of the resources, uh, links to the, the, the things that we've discussed, including the, the tool um, that Shelly and her team have developed. Just go to outcomesrocket.health. In the search bar, type in Shelly. S-H-E-L-L-E-Y, and you'll find this entire transcript with links there. Shelly, this has been fun. I'd love if you could just uh, leave us with a closing thought, and then the best place where the listeners could get in touch with you to continue the conversation. Great. So I would say 
just to invite others to continue building a culture of collaboration and not only across sectors but within neighborhoods you can work together and we can accomplish so much more and you can check me out on mygarrettcounty.com <laughs>